Outlaws Outpost. Welcome, 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 heroes, to the Outlaws Outpost, your unofficial guide to the best Overwatch League team, brought to you by the Surly Nerd Podcast and the official Outlaw supporter group, the Lone Star Vanguard. I'm your host, James, and with me today from the Lone Star Vanguard is Joe, a.k.a. Nubatron. Howdy. And Jake, a.k.a. Tuna. Hey! And today we're joined by a very special guest, Lorenzo Lordenzo Rodriguez, one of the winners of the Outlaws Most Wanted contest and one of their content creators. Lorenzo, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I've been watching your guys' show, um, you know, to get myself ready and get myself into, uh, I guess, podcast mode. And, and yeah, like I said, you thank you could not be so prepared for the amount of deep dive that I take into my <laughs> interviewees' backgrounds to do this. I love it. I, I, love I, it. I, I probably know you better than you know yourself. <laughs> I feel like this is like the FBI, like, doing those background checks. <laughs> I just I try to keep it fresh and interesting for everybody and just being like, what video games do you like? That's yeah, yeah. Like, why I do that. Let's have some fun with it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I have a ton of questions that I can't wait to ask you. So let's go ahead and just dive right in. Let's do at, it. At the end of the last Overwatch League season, a joke prediction was made that Houston would go all the way to the grand finals and win. Now that we're in the new season and Houston has had a really great track record of success, what do you think about the new team has them performing so well? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a really good question. Um, I, I think like from top to bottom, I think the reason why the Outlaws are so successful now is literally from everything that the organization in itself is doing, you know, from searching from content creators, from getting new players, from getting a new GM, you know, it, it's like, it, it's not only just the six players that play, right? It takes like a whole uh, crew to run that ship. And, you know, me personally, I've been to the office, I've been to the headquarters and it's professionalism is off the charts from, you know, from top to bottom. And so one of my, you know, one of my philosophies in any type of sport or esport is when you do the stuff off the field correctly, that translates, you know, to on the field success as well. And, it, you know, it, it, this comes with the player sleep schedules. This comes with the health, um, you know, importance that is in the org. And it's not just for the players. It's literally everybody they've, they've bought into the culture and, you know, that, that's why, you know, going 4-0 in the beginning of the regular season, I think it, it shows for, for themselves. So, And culture is such a big part of the Outlaws. I mean, from them really interacting with the fans early on, showing up in Houston, doing signing events, um, there's so much when you use that word culture that, like, it it is so ingrained into who the Outlaws are as both as personalities and as a team. Um, and so having somebody like you on staff, who is a very vibrant personality, I've gotten the opportunity to see some of your videos and thank you, thank um, you. you, you bring that same kind of energy to, to what you do the way that they do on the field. So, yeah, you know, it, it, in, in, in highlighting that you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, how it's really kind of making sure that, that they're targeting the community properly, right. That they're engaging with the fans, uh, and what a better way than, bringing on, you know, someone who's been rooting for the team, right, that wants to be uh, be part of the team, actually become part of the team. You know, we talked about it on, uh, like, one of the first episodes of the, of the podcast, how, you know, what are the outlaws going to do differently to really connect with the community? Uh, and what better way than to go out there and, and grab someone from the community and, you know, and say, hey, like, hey, like, grassroots, you know, like, 
uh, style of, of growth there is what you need and what you and what we have. And obviously, uh, you you know you kicked ass during the Thank con- you. the most wanted content creator search. You end up winning it all the the uh, as the uh, the champ. It's so um, crazy to think about it. Yeah, God. yeah, and you know, and it's crazy, crazy to see you know like you elusive, uh, bust a duck and ace. You know, like you all have such uh, you're all unique in your own way. Uh, mm-hmm. And right. so, like when you put all all four of you guys together. Uh, it really encompasses, you know, all of the uh, Allah's nation, which is which is huge. This is awesome. It's great to see. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I think you know, going off of that, definitely when when it comes to fan engagement, even before even joining the Outlaws, that's something that I've always, you know, in each and every one of my streams, I'm always like, how do I retain my current community, mm-hmm. and how do I keep getting people, you know, how do I bring them back? And I think that's the Outlaws. You know, they have the same vision. And, you know, you, you build out that, that core group that you have, you know, take the LSV, the Lone Star Vanguard, and, and you know, you, you build from there, right? Um, and, you know, having someone like me, I'm a Texan local. I was born here in Texas. I live in San Antonio. And, you know, having somebody up, I'm sorry? Where, whereabouts are you from originally? Uh, I, I was a military kid, so I lived all over. I lived in Germany and Italy. Um, so, you know, I, I think I moved a total of like 14 or 15 different times. But uh, Texas is one of the places that I lived the most and where I was born. So I was born in Wichita Falls, so up north, um, basically Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, traveled down to uh, Austin and San Antonio, where my dad was in the Air Force for 30 years. So nice. moving around, definitely been able to see all parts of Texas. And like I was saying, like having someone boost on the ground, I think is something that's super, super important for any Overwatch League franchi- franchise. And for being America's team, like the Outlaws were these past two, three seasons, you know, definitely putting where the money where their mouth is. Th- this is how you do it: is building that, you know, building that grassroots, making people individually feel like they're welcomed in the Outlaws Nation. And that's something I try to do in my own stream. Um, and you know, I think it's it's super super important when it comes to especially how young esports is, even though it's been around for you know for the last twenty years. On the grand scheme of things, twenty years, thirty years is not a lot at all. Um, so, like I was saying, like Outlaws, I think they're they're bringing in that firepower when it comes to that guerrilla marketing and, and really just putting everything green and black, green and, you know, mm-hmm. green and white right in your face and, and really having our community being a part of that driving force is like, I think is like what sets us from other, you know, from the other 19 other Overwatch League franchises. Well, in sure. my opinion, I mean, honestly, the, the team has never felt inaccessible, at least, you know, in, in prior years, I'm still getting to know the new team, but they were never inaccessible as, entities they weren't like oh this is like you know this famous you know baseball player and you can maybe get a a, him to sign something if you show up at the right time and pay a certain amount of money you know they want to come out they want to interact with the fans they want to be around the people that cheer them on and i think that's one of the things that makes the outlaws fan base so passionate is because it is not just a give one way right mm-hmm. there's a give receive on both ends right and that kind of energy builds between the fans um in the community and the players and it just kind of begins to steamroll and we're, we're kind of seeing some of that right now yeah. these players that we have in the current season a lot of them had something to prove they were coming into a team that has a very very rabid fan base that, that is hungry for them to succeed and they came in and had something to prove and they've been proving it right no i, I spot on i think and this is this is not just what the outlaws are showing on social media, right? Because you know you can tweet out, "We're all for the fans, all for this and that." But I've been there personally, and as a fan perspective, and then also within the organization, and you know 
even behind closed doors, they're always like, okay, what's the number one thing fans and how are we going to bring them in together and how are we going to make them feel like they're, you know, part of the team and, and, you know, going off of what you're saying, I think authenticity is something that they try to push extremely hard. Um, And, you know, I think you guys have been fans for a while. I think you guys can easily sniff out when, when there's a genuine tweet or a player versus a player that doesn't want to be there or doesn't, want to interact with you. I I think everybody can see, and this goes to the content as well, right? I think whether it's my content, Elusive's content, Ace's content, or or even of the players, I think you guys can see like, you know, we genuinely want to be there for the fans and we genuinely want to, you know, build that community. I think it's it's just something that's super, super important. Um, Something, you know, I try to build on my own community. And what I love that I can share this with the outlaws is that diversity, you know, I can, I can find all sorts of colors, all sorts of sexualities, all sorts of genders. You know, whenever I see, I, I went to PAX just before COVID hit. Um, and I went specifically, I bought a ticket specifically just to play with the outlaws on stage mm-hmm. and just to do the meet and greet panel. And like I said, it just felt like a unique experience. This is just from a player's perspective. And I have a picture uh, on my Twitter of me tweeting, like, I want to play here one day. And then to actually, you know, one year later, um to to finally make it you know on an overwatch league franchise is like a dream come true so yeah yeah so from being a part of the msu denver men's soccer team to being the creative director of uh u.s youth soccer europe it cannot be denied that your love of the sport of (laughs) soccer rivals your love of the overwatch league for sure Nuba is also a big soccer fan, so I wanted to task you with this question, and that is, what is it about Overwatch that seems to draw so many soccer fans into mm. the game? No, that's a good question. Um, I think it's all about, it's just the teamwork, man. Like, I, I played soccer competitively. I played at the semi-professional level in Germany, um, and, you know, playing for 20-plus years in a sport, and then, you know, having it end the reason why I got into esports, you know, six, seven years ago was because I tore my ACL, broke my ankle, finger, you know, you name it, I've broken it or sprained it or something. Um, and, you know, being in the sidelines is like when I didn't have my teammates with me, I had, I could turn to esports. And, you know, Overwatch is like the perfect game where, you know, the city based teams is just like in soccer, right? You have, you know, you have, you have your Barcelona, you have your Liverpool, you have your Manchester United, you have your Los Angeles, right? And I think sports fans can really, you know, traditional sports fans can really resonate with that. And, you know, being in such a big state in such a diverse state in such a great state like Texas and, you know, being in Houston of all of all cities, um, I I think it's like it's literally the perfect opportunity to seize that traditional sports demographic. And, you know, when people people really resonate with this color, like whatever it is, like, or just colors in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can, you know, you can root for your, your team solo mids or your team liquids. You don't really get that authentic home city. Like, and this is a hot take within this esports community, right? It's a split decision. Some people really hate city-based franchises. Some people really love it. I'm on the side of, I wish a majority of esports did the city-based. I, I think it really was be- very beneficial to the Overwatch League. I right, mean, when 100%. When we first got together before we were even called the Lone Star Vanguard, you know, it was a post online saying, hey, the Houston Outlaws are going to be playing. And I said, you know what? I This is going to be the beginning of the Overwatch League, and I'm from Houston. 
So I already have I have an alliance at this point. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. jump in, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. I I also feel like you know when I hear Cloud Nine is playing Phase mm-hmm. and like Valorant or Counter Strike, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like I before Overwatch League, I I know that yeah. you know C9 is is London, but before Overwatch League, I was like, I I don't know what Phase means. I don't know what Cloud Nine is. But but when I heard London Spitfire, I'm like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I saw the logo. And actually, I've been out at the bars, and I saw this guy with the London Spitfire hat. And I'm like, are you a, you're a London fan? And he goes, well, no, I have T-Mobile for my cell service. And they said, you can get 25 bucks to our store for Overwatch. And I <laughs> checked it out, and I saw this logo, and it was really cool. So I bought the hat, and it was free. Love it. And he wore it to, like, the bars downtown. I, I was like, see, that's cool. That's awesome. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, now, awesome. now, now, Lorenzo, one of the things to, to kind of back up here for a quick second, um, when you're making the correlation between the Overwatch League team or between the Overwatch League and um, soccer, you said teamwork specifically. I feel like you have a better, a good insight as to why what that correlation between the two is. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think everybody knows this. Like when you're playing with you know your five best friends are just on a team and you guys are just going super try hard mode and everybody's, you know, using their comms, everybody's using communication, everybody's using, you know, just good old competition. I think everybody, whether you have a competitive background or not, I think everybody can, you know, feel that sense of like spark. And that's just like what makes Overwatch, Overwatch. Like I've tried different games, I've tried. And then something about Overwatch that just keeps retaining me and keeps bringing me back. I think the most I've ever left Overwatch is like, a day and then like after that it's just like no well, I, I did read somewhere that you were pretty into heroes of the storm which is also a team-based game exactly yeah exactly so i think one of the one of the things that brought me into esports is that team-based you know atmosphere and Chemistry. definitely 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 yeah right and definitely uh you know one of the competitive advantages is i had both as a, pl- a competitive player and as a content creator was already having that foundation of team um oriented mindset right um, my dad, like I said, was in the Air Force for 30 years. One of the things he said, the biggest resource that the military has is the people. And that was something that, you know, I brought that with me in soccer and I brought that with me in esports. And, you know, playing in Heroes of the Storm, playing Overwatch semi-professionally is like, maybe I, my my mechanical ability wasn't the best of like other people, but I was going to definitely outshine and uplift my teammates with personality, leadership, communication, and I feel like a lot of times that's missing in esports, just simply because of the fact that a lot of the players are just super, super young. So there's a lot of growth in the industry, both on the player side and also on the business side, for sure. Yeah. And I think the, the uh, from a competitive standpoint, you know, I go kind of touching back, make the connection between soccer and Overwatch, right? Like I, I grew up playing soccer too. I played all throughout junior high, high school, and college, and. Uh, you know, it's that level of that level of chemistry. Whenever you mention it, when you right. have your five yeah. best friends, right? Like That's it's like perfect word. You yeah. know, you know what you know their play style. You know who's aggressive, who's not. When they're going right. to make a play, um, and uh, it, it it really shines, especially when you have a brand new shiny team, right? It's 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 kind of hard to set ex- to set expectations of like on paper they're good. But it takes right. time to, to get that chemistry. Like it's sometimes it happens overnight, and that's a very special moment. But I mean, you, for the you, most to, part, to, to that point, you know, and, and when we played against the shock, that that hammer heard around the world, that wasn't a one off fluke. That was if you go back and watch the vod of that, that was an intelligent, Calculated. coordinated, 
calculated move that was done between team members who knew how to speak and trust work. is like the word that I think yeah. that comes in my head. Just yeah. I, I think I don't even think Jungu looked back. I think he just trusted that his supports were gonna be there. He trusted Happy was gonna be there. He trusted his DPS lineup was gonna be there, right? And mm -hmm. I, that's what I love about this this team. I mean, we have what people don't realize is that we have three rookies, right? Yeah. Three rookies fresh out into the Overwatch League. And one of the strategic, you know, advantages I think we have as a franchise is that we have four DPS players. Like I play DPS on stream a lot at like the grand, low grandmaster, mid grandmaster level. And let me tell you, like when you're playing three, four hours, and this is just against, you know, just ragtag teams, it, it gets mentally tiring. Like you, you, you get tired. It, it takes a lot. So when you're playing in front of 80,000 people, one of the roles that are requires, you know, some of the most mechanics of all the, all the players on the field, you know, on top of that and playing in long, long seasons, I think like having that four man DPS lineup makes absolute perfect sense. And what I love about KSF and hydration is that they know that they're, you know, not even technically supporting caster roles, you know, they, they genuinely feel like they have a role in the team. And we just saw it, you know, this past week with KSF mm -hmm. um, coming into Dante. And again, we just go back to that word of chemistry. We go back to that word of trust. So absolutely so you've said that you've uh that you're fluent in english spanish and advanced conversational german <laughs> yeah yeah so in your opinion <laughs> what is the most important german phrase to know before one travels to germany <laughs> um hmm. i would say because the region that i that i grew up in uh is sarland and what it's just a quick it's called servus which means basically like a what's up but what's so important about that is the German people are very, very, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, they have dry humor or they're not very friendly. But all my experiences that they've been super, super friendly. And when you connect with them at such of like an interpersonal level with just that simple word, um, you know, that entire region just rallies behind that word. It's such a simple word. Is it's it just kind of like, like a Savos. It's S-E-R-V-U-S. Okay. And it's just something that, you know, when you get there. It's just like from boy to boy or girl to girl, like it's just like that's your boy, that's your girl type of thing. It's like um, you can walk into a room and even though you're from a different location, you basically came in and said like "sup," and everybody. Yeah, went, exactly. Hey, you're you're one of us. Yeah, it's it, it's like it's like the South version of y'all, which ah. but for them it's just so. Yeah, that's like the best way to put it. Is like that's that's their version. Or like okay. say, or like dropping "orale" in Spanish. We're like, hey, yeah, orale. exactly. Yeah, orale. exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. get that. So I know that it's easy to kind of try and meme on the technical difficulties that the Overwatch League has had over the last year mm -hmm. uh, because they've been transitioning to not having their events in person. But as somebody who has run international tournaments, what are some of the difficulties that you've faced when trying to get these events live? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think like what people don't understand is when, you know, the general population and, and no fault to their own, I, I think I wish the Overwatch League or, or different um, franchises were, were more transparent on the behind the scenes aspect, right? Um, you know, to start, you have to find ways to, it all comes back to how do you fund this event, right? And if you don't have X, Y, and Z, if you don't have the right budget, if you don't have the right resources to really facilitate, or even just genuinely the right management to make the right decisions, it's just like, it feels like, it's like the domino effect, right? And it can either go, the domino effect can either go left where you go, you know, everything, you know, feels good, or it can fall the other way, and then everything, one little thing is just an utter disaster. Um, and it what snowballs, people, right? It snowballs. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Snowballing. It, and, and it just like the the way that people should realize is that 
there's so many things that are going behind the scenes, especially just production alone. Um, and, you know, they have to do, make sure microphones are in check, make sure internets are not, are, are working, make sure, you know, just little, little, little things that people, when you're just watching, uh, you know, from your couch or from your chair and you're just watching, pop you don't even realize might pop up, you know? Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't like the little graphics you guys see, um, like that we see as fans, like, you know, brought to you by X, Y, and Z. Let's just take respawn for example. An outlaws sponsor, by the way. <laughs> I've been considering uh, that chair because it looks comfy as hell. I love it. Which, I love by it. the way, Respawn, we don't have a sponsor in the Outlaws Outpost just yet. <laughs> you guys should hit them up. This you could be you. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, there's yeah. just a lot of lot of like meticulous work that people don't really realize unless you're actually boots on the ground yourself. And that was something that a lot of my startups that I've done, whether it's a manager, GM etc like there's just so much that goes behind the scenes like i i remember i took my team seven kings um and i took them from we lived all over the united states and one and a couple lived in canada because i took a main team and then an academy team um and we we went to a land tournament in la and just i i was i basically like what in esports and you know being in a small company like you have to wear all the hats so i had to do the financing i had to do I raised like a thousand dollars and a GoFundMe, um, you know, did the social media marketing, all sorts of things like planning. Well, people don't realize when you have like four different time zones, you have to fly in people from four different time zones. It's just like little things like that. Right. That like once you do it, you'll understand like, man, like there's a lot, a lot of work before what you guys see in those, I guess, hour, hour and a half of match time, um, like a lot of there's more work that's being done before the match than the actual match being, being so, played. So, so maybe chill out on making fun of the technical difficulties. a little. Yeah, just a little bit. The yeah. memes probably slow down just a little bit. <laughs> All right. So you once sure. gave the advice to uh, MSU Denver sports management students to don't count time, make time count. Yeah. As somebody who's on the daily grind in your own professional life, how do you keep from burning out on the games that you enjoy? Yeah, really good question. That was just a, uh, definitely a quote that my dad used to say all the time, um, especially uh, in my soccer career. Um, one of the ways that I that I figure out not to burn out is really just, and as cliche as, as it sounds, like I just love what I do. I think like I really feed off of other people's energy. And when I have other people fueling me, like my fans, my family, my friends, uh, it just, I, don't know, it just, I don't know if we're allowed to say fueling around this part. <laughs> true, true, true. Especially not after today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, but yeah, like I, I think like the the work ethic that being the only American on all my German teams of being that underdog mentality um, was just like my parents didn't really grow up with money. We didn't really grow up with money until like my dad was like, you know, 25, 26 years in the Air Force. And, you know, just always having that underdog mentality is just like I had to work twice as hard just to get the same result as someone that was just given it to given to. Right. Um, so I, I really go into every every situation differently and, and, and individually. Um, and that's how I interact with people as well. And, and, and I find like, you know, human interaction, you know, despite COVID um, is something that I really, really fuel on or aside from that word, but that's something <laughs> yeah. I really, really, you know, lean on. Um, yep. And 
it's important. Yeah. It's important. That's and that's great. That it's important that you know you mentioned it, and as cliche as people think it is, you know, you love it, right? There's you you look at all the content creators that are out there, and there are some that you know they jump from game to game because that's the popular game, right? But right. they don't enjoy it, so right. they'll right. they'll grind it out for a couple of weeks, and then they're like, well, I'm just not having fun anymore, right? right? And and you can tell, and it, it and and you know you can tell with how they interact with their with with their community, how they interact with some of the other players that they're playing with. Uh, you know, to- toxicity is a, is a thing, you know? Um, so I think, you know, obviously the fact that you love the game so much and, you know, it, it definitely feeds that fire, you know, uh, keeps it going for you. But yeah, absolutely. just keep doing it. Just, yeah, you guys just got to keep playing what you love, you know? For, for those of you, for those of you watching, we're recording this like right after the Dallas Fuel and <laughs> Outlaws game on Sunday. Still hurts. Yeah. So every time he says Fuel, we're just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a little bit of pain there. Do, do we so, want to talk about that game? We'll get there. I think we'll we'll, get, we'll there. definitely get there. Okay. So, um, having directed multiple social social media campaigns uh, from Open Division to collegiate esports events, what is it actually about the the Outlaws, like working with the Outlaws, that really gets you like the most hype day to day? Yeah, I, I think it's just being a part of the uh, of a like when I walk into those the office is like wow, like you're a part of an Overwatch League franchise. Like this franchise costs about 30, 40 million just to get in. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, the, the value hopefully that we we think is projected to continue growing. And when you have so much money on the line, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, it feels like the moment I walk in, I feel like my voice is heard. Um, there's, there's stuff that, you know, I've worked with Jag, you know, previous guests on the show. Um, on personal projects and I've said, you know what, I think we should go in this, this direction versus this and being actually being listened to is just like, it's, it's like in such a big franchise like this, um, it feels, it feels good. And it keeps me motivated. Uh, we have one-on-ones all the time. We have content creator meetings. Um, you know, my fellow content creators, they push me, I push them. Um, we, we like to bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and we, we have tons and tons of ideas for you guys, especially during the off season and during these times where we're not playing. Um, and so, yeah, stay tuned for that. But there's like all the time I'm able to say my opinion. Um, our, our manager, Adam, uh, he's always like, Hey, like if I'm, here's my phone number, like anytime text me, call me, I'm always available. Um, and he, and he always, he's super, super busy. And he's always like literally within like 10, 15 minutes, I'll get a text back of, yeah, we should go with this idea. No, we should go with this idea. And then and Huge. that's our strategy. So sounds like there's a, a high level of trust in, uh, between yeah. members of the organization. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's definitely the theme. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So on TikTok, you posted a video that was making fun of Moira players who keep <laughs> commenting about how they have four gold medals. Uh-oh. So, so I have to know. Yeah, I, I did digging. I, I, I dig for these. It definitely did, did some digging. <laughs> so, which of these is worse to see in a ranked game? A one-trick player who won't swap, or someone who keeps saying how bad the team is while dying constantly? Oof. Mm, I mean, there's pros and cons of both, right? <laughs> I wish I had neither, but I would say the one-trick, um, because your team can just play off of them. Um, but at the other side is maybe the, I, I feel, cause again, like if you go, if you just mentally boom your players, whether that player, that's just like, oh, this team sucks and he could be the best player in the world. But if he's playing, you know, like that, 
um, the toxicity and, and, and his own mental mindset just brings the entire mood down and doesn't want people to, it, it doesn't like invite people to play the game longer than what they already are, right? Um, so definitely I would take the one trick. Mo- nine times out of 10, they're not even in comms anyway. So just play around them um, and then just have fun with it. I, one of my, one of the things that I, that when I stream, like, because I'm not trying to play professionally anymore. Um, I, I, the way I stream is like, you know, I, I really don't care if I lose SR as long as my community is having fun, whether they want to make fun of me of losing or, you know, join me with, with winning. That's all. That's all I really care about. Like the moment I took that, I disassociated myself from that little SR number like the game just becomes Which so much more fun. Can, so can, much more fun. Can I just say that as someone who watches your streams, I absolutely you. love uh, the the Drake sound bit. You know, you go like a diva bomb and you cross your eyes, and whether it, whether it hits or it doesn't, it's still it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's still lit. So I'm glad you, I appreciate it, for those. Some reason people love it, and it's and, great. Yeah, <laughs> and like I said, like I feed off of that energy, and it just it just gets the ideas just churning more and more and more. Like maybe even doing a montage of just that sound bit of a baby yeah um, so we'll see okay so before we get to our final question we do have our favorite pop quiz would you rather so for this segment i'm going to go ahead and turn it over to joe all right okay great first time uh playing would you rather uh but uh, of course as our guest lorenzo you get to pick whether you would like to go first second third or last uh and it's Pretty simple. I just simply ask a question. Would you rather choose option A or option B uh, and why? All right. Um, let's, let's do it. Let's so, go first. Uh, you want to? All righty. Uh, okay. See, they, our guests are so bold. They're like, yes, I will always go first. And I, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um, first one, our first question was submitted by one of our listeners, Whiskey Wolf. Ooh, um, he is, uh, he was MVP of our community night. Awesome. Um, the other night, he was the best Ryan, and he no, beat out Numatron. He was not. He was not. He I beat was out Numatron. Ryan beat Back Ryan. to the questions. Back to the questions. Memeing. Okay, sir. You memed on Rialto, not King's All right. Row. Would you rather have tiny hands for the rest of your life or tiny feet? And these are like baby hands or baby feet. And baby feet. Oh, Which one would you rather have? I would definitely. Oh, that's tough. Okay, I would say tiny feet. Even though being a past soccer player, I feel like hands are functionally just more important than feet. And, yeah, and just, yeah. Every, just in every aspect. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to go with, with tiny feet. For tiny sure. feet? Okay, yeah, that, that's a good answer. Oh, Bindi? <laughs> I got to go with feet. feet. Feet, feet, hands down seems like it would be less of an inconvenience. So, yeah. Tuna? Um, yeah, I would go with tiny feet. And I'd get like a little rocker to walk around. Yeah, because here's okay. So all of you all said I can game with the fingers, but <laughs> I can't. That's true. But I can't game without the like the little fingers. You know. Right, right. I would just imagine that having tiny feet would be tough to walk with. But the rocker, then, I already got a game game plan. Yeah, there's solutions. Ooh, ooh, so wait, we have the me, technology. Let me say one thing. Okay, so I've always like you know I've always been like I love gaming, but you require two hands to game. So if I ever had an accident, I lost a hand or something, because that could happen. Like my game, when if I ever lose a hand, is going to be Pokemon. It only requires one hand. Like that's like wow. my retirement plan okay. for gaming. Like super <laughs> serious. Like like not even joking. Like that is my super serious. If I ever lose a hand, Pokemon will be my go-to game. 
Okay. Alrighty. Good to know. Thought about. It. I appreciate it. I yeah. I I gotta go with Tiny Feet too. You know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say both. Hey, there's scooters out there. There's wheelchairs. We'll be fine. Yeah. I want that. I want like that Professor X hover chair from like the X oh, like true. 90s cartoon. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, okay. Alrighty. Um, and, uh, our, our, our last, uh, would you rather would be, and since you're a soccer player, uh, you can fully understand what this, what this is and, or how it may feel, uh, for the listeners out there, casual listeners that don't really watch soccer, a nutmeg is where, um, someone kicks a soccer ball between your feet. Right. But it's typically, um, whenever you're defending someone or it's a, it's, it's an embarrassing feeling. It's a, uh, oh man, you can't believe he got me. Kind of a feeling. So, uh, would you rather be uh, nutmegged in front of a large crowd, or get battle mercy by Crimson on stage? Oof. They've and, uh, and you're like McCree or something, and yeah. you're on DPS, and mm, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> I. I would probably say just because I've played more years in soccer than Overwatch because I have like 15 more years in soccer. <laughs> I would say it would be more embarrassing to get nutmegged in soccer. That was something that was I was very I kept my pride. I was like, I'm never I'm never going to get megged. That was just one thing that <laughs> you're not going to meg me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say that's definitely more. I would rather get Battle Mercy by Crimson. Uh, it would be an honor. The Outlaws Nation. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he's so good, by the way. Just like, yeah, you, you see, yeah. You can, because he's an Overwatch League player, it, it's okay, right? So yeah, it's yeah. like it's expected at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, I I can honestly say there's there's you know I, I play left back all my life and uh, yeah. yeah, the second that I get nutmegged, okay, I'm fouling someone. <laughs> I'm I'm, yep. I'm fouling yep. someone. I'm, that's not happening to me. So <laughs> uh, okay. all right, so, so as somebody who's an avid Lucio player, you're known for bringing a level of hype and excitement to your streams that honestly rivals the energy of the Brazilian DJ. <laughs> what would be some of your tips for players who want to get into streaming to keep that kind of positive attitude, even in the face of losing matches live on air? Oh, please. Yeah. I, lo I love this question because like, I always get asked on stream, like, how do I get started and, and how do I grow the stream? And, and I myself, I'm still growing um, and, I, and I still want to continue being at the, the best as I could possibly be. Um, some things that I would say to keep it vibrant is, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast of, don't worry about that number, that SR number, it, it really, at the end of the day, if you're not trying to play professionally, just have fun with it. Like whether you're in bronze, gold or diamond or grandmaster, like just have fun with it. Um, another thing is just, Every person that comes into your stream, make them feel welcome. You know, just like an early, like a quick thirty seconds can make someone's day. Um, every like, I, if I miss something in chat, I always just go back and scroll up and see who I miss, and and I have like this little uh, air horn, um, mm. and on my stream, and it always just like it sets just just like a big spotlight on somebody. You know, sometimes people get a little shy, but it it you know breaks their shell a little bit. Um, and you know just love what you do like just don't worry about that that viewer count don't worry about the game you play just like have fun with it i think that's the biggest thing that i've always tried to to really push especially the older i get i'm always like okay how do i have fun with you know x y and z and you know i i really try to just bring that into my stream so but i appreciate the lucio comparison <laughs> it's definitely there um 
we know that you have to go. It's running late on time, so we need to go ahead and let you go. We're going to do a little bonus segment right after we wrap up just to kind of talk about the events of the day. But in but we do have to close out here just for you, Lorenzo. That's everything that we have for this week's episode of the Outlaws Outpost. Uh, panel, it's plug time. Where can we find you online? Lorenzo, let's start with you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I, I actually really had a blast. Um, you know, just the more I get to interact with people that I see on Twitter or on Discord, it's like I, I, I would love to put a name to the face mm-hmm. every single time I, I, I see a new person in the Outlaws Nation. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, you can guys can find me on on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at LordEnzo96, and then you can follow me on my stream. I stream every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I'm trying to add more days. I'm in grad school right now, so I'm trying to like plug that in. Um, so every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at twitch.tv forward slash LordEnzo at 7 p.m. Central. Um, and yeah, anyone in the Outlaws Nation, or if you're if you're in the Burn Blue Army, we can convert you if you just come to a stream, and it's easy. But yeah, thank hard, you guys so much. Hard pitch today. <laughs> I oh wait I have one question Lorenzo yeah so we all got these earbuds and I might be a boomer moment but like how do you hear us without these I just I have it playing from my uh, monitor like normally if I if I have these on like with zoom for some reason it just doesn't pick up it, so. you look good you sound good I'm I'm jealous <laughs> thank you thank you we man. are all absolutely that. jealous of you thank you for so much for coming on to our thank show thank you guys you crushed um, it man thank you so much if you want to send us your love for the outlaws to read on air send it over to the surly nerd at gmail.com don't forget to check out our main show the surly nerd it's a weekly nerd news roundup it's available on any podcast provider and spotify you can also find the lone star vanguard at lsv.gg um, until next week heroes good night and good game and stick around for just a couple minutes afterwards so we can talk about what happened this week at Overwatch. <laughs>